0: using insurance and annuity products, which are guaranteed by the claims-paying ability of the issuing company.
1: Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now, higher income strategies. Learn from
2: Arab Hey, welcome to the show. I'm Arif Hallaby. Thanks for being part of the show this morning. Talking about your family's finances, of course, getting out of debt, managing money, planning for the future—that's what it's all about. When we are working, uh, I guess, to get out of debt in a time when it's almost impossible, it seems to to stay ahead. Inflation is eating up our. This isn't news. Inflation is eating up your buying power. I want to walk through a couple of things, a couple of places that you are deciding to put your money through this inflationary times. And it's a couple of places that you've heard of, pretty familiar, pretty common, except, ready for this? You just have to pay attention to taxes. So let's go over this, because a lot of you are taking money out of the market and you're sitting it in what we call a cash position. Money markets often. Now, I want you to be careful about the bond rates, because bonds... Uh, The the value of your dollars, if you put $1,000 in a bond, it goes down when interest rates go up. Think of it like a teeter-totter, right? It's called an inverse relationship. So the reason that people will put money into long-term bonds is because they think in the long run, 10 or 20 or 30 years from now, rates are going to be different than they are now, so I'm going to take advantage of that by putting money in the bonds. All right. But this is an important part of it. If you put money in bonds... And they are long-term bonds and the rates go up and you need your money before the end of that bond term, 30 years or 20 years or 10 years, then you will pay a fee or a penalty. You will actually pay a charge, lose money to take your money out of what you thought was a safe position. So a lot of people do 30-day or six-month bonds, those kinds of things. I'm all right with that if you understand the risk, you've met with your tax professionals, Because, yes, there is a tax problem sometimes with it. If you've met with your uh, professional uh, financial advisor and not just the guy who's going to make some commission on the money, you see, most financial professionals have to have your money at risk in order to earn a commission, in order to charge a fee. That's very important you understand that. Because then, if it's better for your money to sit in the money market account, and yes, you may not earn any interest or very little, but you're not going to pay a fee to get out of it in three months or two months. You're not going to pay a fee to put it back in the market if that's what you choose to do. You're not going to pay a fee to move it over to with us to safe money options, right? Getting out of the risk of the market. So these are important things. If the job of the money is accessibility, if the job of the money is I can't lose any more than I've already lost, then make sure you're in a place that meets that. Because we are seeing time and again, uh, listen, I I can't, you know this, I, I can't yell out all the big, Companies that are doing this, all the Wall Street companies, uh, but the Morgan, Charlie, you know, Raymond companies, you can't do it. That is their business model. Money at risk, we get paid a fee. Your money in a safe position, no risk of loss, we don't get paid a fee. All right? Now, some of these guys have learned how to add to it and be a little sneaky with it. Some of them have. I want you to be very careful. If this is money you cannot afford to lose, then we have to put it out of the risk of the market. We have to put it in a safe place. We have to get it out of the the craziness of the market. So I want to compare with you money markets versus CDs versus fixed annuities. Pros and cons of each. When would you use one? When would you use another? As the the Democrat Party world, uh, listen, some of them are good people. I would say most of the voters on the Democrat side, not the progressives, but most of the voters on the Democrat side are probably good people, right? They just still believe the stuff they were taught in college. Have a heart, right? Uh, big business. They don't realize big business has taken over the, the Democrat party by far and that the Democrat party is owned by by big business, especially big tech business, but certainly all business these days. So, You're going to put money in safety. We're going to get it out of risk. The money market uh, could be the case for that. You're going to earn a higher interest rate than a savings account. But any interest you earn is taxable. And it can and will impact what you pay for your Social Security Medicare payments. It can and will impact what you pay uh, in taxes on your Social Security check. You realize that, but if you need the money, the taxes are just part of the plan. But what about a CD? Well, that has the same rules, except those are done through banks. Now we're starting to see more and more brokerage CDs. They're FDIC insured, they're wrapped into what's called a security, so there's still some kind of a a component where the broker can get paid a fee on it, and they sell them through your broker. Insured CDs, insured CDs, okay. Great. What's the pros and cons to it? Well, simple. It's insured. Usually two hundred and fifty thousand. Sometimes the um, broker might say put two, you know, get get one hundred and fifty or two hundred and fifty in two different ones. So split it up a little bit. Those are all ex- uh, good reasons. But while you're earning interest in those accounts, and may not be able to access it. Let's say you have a good two-year CD. Well, year one. You can't access it except maybe just the interest. Sometimes they let you have some access without a fee, like you can withdraw one time per year or something. Those rules have to matter. If if you say, I don't need it, okay, that's a different plan. However, this is where the the difference comes in. If you cannot access the money, but you have to pay taxes on money you cannot access. I don't like that. If you're trying to get your high school kid into college and and they're going to look at your assets... The CD, the money market account, counts against you. Counts against the FAFSA form. But what about fixed annuities? They do not. A fixed annuity is silent on the FAFSA form. A fixed annuity is not a part of that plan when it comes to, can we give you student aid? Can we give you grant money? Can we give you assistance? What kind of loans do you qualify? All of that is silent when it comes to, your end of things on, oh, I don't know, anything to do with fixed annuity money. So what kind of money can you put in a fixed annuity? Well, it's simple. You can put retirement money. You can put joint, me and you. We can put just me and just you. So the idea of having a CD, and you're not going to touch it for two or three or four or five years, but the reason you're doing it is for a higher interest rate, it's going to be one step forward, one step back. Higher interest rate, now you have to pay taxes on the money. On the other side of it, on a fixed annuity, you put money in, whatever interest you earn is compounded. Whatever interest you earn is not going to be paying taxes on it. And we're getting 5% plus guaranteed, multi-year, meaning every year. Okay, look, when it comes to taxes... I haven't sat with you and I'm not a CPA. So please meet with your CPA or or your tax professional. And really, if you're doing things and, and taxes are a concern, your financial advisor, your financial professional better be at least on a phone call. This is at least with your tax preparer as they're strategizing through the rest of the year. And if not, they better be in person. Oh, well, I'm a busy person. Well, really? Are you too busy for me? Because Mr. and Mrs. Advisor, I need you to go with me to my tax preparer. We're not going to be there for four hours. I need you to be there to make sure what I, I'm doing and what you're doing and what your, our CPA is doing is all joining together. So they should be a part of that conversation. By the way, they're being paid to sit at home. They're being paid to go on vacation. They're making money no matter what. So if you finally ask them to do something at one point, right? it's okay. It, don't Don't feel bad that you're asking them to to actually work for their money once besides opening the application. Name. Okay, wh- uh, wait, address. Oh, wait, wait. Okay, backup. Okay, address. That's what they do to get paid. Oh, well, my advisor's, you know, buying and selling. No, they're not. Most of the time, I would say, no, that now, if you have $100 million, of course they're working for you because they're being paid 50, 60, $100,000 a month. Of course. But most of you don't have $100 million so that that advisor only works for you. The advisor's job is to work for dozens of, if not hundreds of people. And he puts you in a program. And everybody gets small, medium, or large, extra large. Everybody gets the same pieces of strawberry, vanilla. Oh, oh, your chocolate. Okay, put it in. They hit send. And then what do they do? Go on vacation. Travel. Go get more clients. I'm not saying it's bad that that's their business model. It's their business model. It's just the way it is. What I am saying is you need to know what it is and then decide if it's right for you. All right. Very important. You look at that fixed annuities, guaranteed interest rates, multi-year guaranteed annuities. It's called a MIGA. It's not right for everything, for all of your money, everybody, all the time, all those disclaimers. But it could be a place that you're putting some of your money. It could be a place that you're putting your money that you want to access two, five, ten years from now, or maybe never, or maybe just in a big emergency, like a healthcare emergency. So make sure that the MIGA, the multi-year guaranteed annuity that you have, that is tax-deferred, regardless of whether or not it is an IRA, make sure that that account has access to the money if you have a medical emergency. Okay? There's a lot of them out there. Works well. Make sure it's an A-rated company. It has to be solid. It has to be a good company. Good customer service. I'd like it. To have been around through a couple of recessions i don't want a new one that's just johnny come lately we see them out there i like to see companies that have been in business for a while it's part of the reason when you look at people that can choose to do business with anybody why they choose safety and security for some are part of their money because they know that in their world of financial protection Our firm has been around 27 years. We've gone through uh, the the great 2000, 2001, 2002 recession, right after 9-11. And that's what drove us into a deeper recession, I want you to know. We don't know what's going to happen. Is there a black swan event? Because I expect this to go on for two years. I expect 22, 23, and probably through 24, the end, maybe the election, is where we're going to have some problems, right? So we have to have a position. We have to have a place for our money to ride out the storm. And I want to work with companies that have gone through this. 2000, 2008, 2015 was a tough time. right, a lot of you don't know this. What about now, 2022? All right. While we're thinking about this, there's a few other parts that matter to you. Some of you are running short on cash and I keep seeing these commercials. You can always tell in recessions if... The advertising money, if the big money thinks we're actually going through a recession are going to be, why? Because you'll start seeing this, get cash now, get cash now. All you have to do is have a checking account. Do you have a job? Well, you can get up to $5,000 in 15 minutes, right? You've seen those, heard those commercials. You've seen them. They're everywhere. National. The interest rates on those, you've heard me say before, some of you thought I, I misspoke. So I'll be clearer this time, maybe. 700% 700% interest. So if in January 1st, you borrow $1,000, by the end of the year, you have to pay back $7,000. My wife said something pretty fascinating the other day. She said, how do people ever get out of this debt? How do you ever close that circle? How do you break it? How do you get out of it? I said, man, the only way I can think of it is you get three jobs, you stop spending on, on stuff. Maybe you have to take a big financial hit like sell or, or even lose, repossess a car, right? I mean, you, gotta, you have to shock your system because you've gotten so slowly into debt that it's so deep. You, by the time you turn around, it's very difficult to get back out of it. So six, seven, 800% interest on some of these, get your cash now. Now, if you say, "Arif, my family's going to go hungry or I'm going to get one of these loans, I go, okay, you got to get one of these loans. Okay, but Eric, it's only temporary. I'm inheriting a million dollars next week, so I need this $5,000 today. Got it. Go ahead and get it. But if you're saying you have one job and you work 30 or 40 hours a week and you're still broke, my answer to that was, get two jobs? I mean, I did. I had three jobs at one time. I was a policeman from 11 at night till 7 in the morning. I would take a shower in the, in the gas station, uh, sorry, in the uh, police station parking lot in, in, the, in the back there. I might sleep for an hour, get cleaned up, go to the, the shopping mall, work off-duty security, fraud, forgery detail, robbery detail from 10 until maybe, oh, I don't know, 5, 4, get over to a, the newspaper and I'd work uh, checking in people in the back door to make sure that, uh, that folks coming in, you know, that there was a security for $11 an hour. I was a Los Angeles policeman. I was making $11 an hour. Why? Because who else was going to hire me for five hours? I needed to work from 6, from 5 p.m. until 10 p.m., whatever I could do, run back over to the police station, take a shower, get cleaned up, and do it all over again. It's what you do when you're in your 20s. Right? It's what you do. Why? Because I needed it. Because who was going to help my family? You? Uh, Wait, wait. Oh, no. It was the government that was going to help my family. You see, my wife, her father, and my father both had government jobs. The difference was, hers worked for the U.S. government, mine worked for the Iraqi government, so so one of them was, oh, I know who wins in the end of that story. You don't even have to go to the back page to figure it out. My dad's not Iraqi. He just worked for the airlines, Iraqi airlines, Iraqi airlines at that time was owned by the government because it's unlike American airlines. American airlines is an American com- is, is a private company. Some may argue that, but you know, at least on its, on its surface, we know that. But, but Iraqi airlines, it was owned by, so my dad was a cargo manager in Hollywood. 55 year old man lost a quarter of a million dollars in his pension done. Bye bye. Gone. U.S. government seizes property. Why? Because Iraq decides to invade Kuwait, August 1st, 1990. Who's going to take care of my my parents? Nobody. So my dad figures out, okay, is this long-term, is this short-term? And immediately, what does he do? Within a month or so, he feels, okay, this is not going to be a short-term thing. Boom, he starts his own business. He didn't sit around and say, oh, poor me, the government. Oh, poor me, Recession. He said, I guess it's up to me again. Boom, starts his company, entrepreneur. So we pull together as a family. That's what we do. Help each other out. Take care of yourself first. Help the next person. I still had a couple of, two of my sisters were in college and in high school. That's what you do to kind of build that group, that family dynamics, so that everybody is there for each other. That's why it's tragic when people move so far away from each other when you're a family. I don't mean, you know, six, 10 miles away. I mean, you know, across the country, it kind of tears the fabric, but it happens for lots of reasons It happens. It's one of the big arguments and the disappointments and the anger that comes to the state of California because their policies break up families. Because even though the parents might be wealthy or successful or paid off their home or whatever their personal situation, the young, younger folks, married or kids or grandkids, it's tough for them to survive. So kind of forces them to the wind. So as we go through this, you have to realize that some of these crazy schemes, that's what I call them, get cash now. You are owed money. Right? This other one, uh, were you a victim? Uh, Listen, I get it. There are some bad guys out there. Whether it's talcum powder and you feel like you were a victim or pesticide or Camp Lejeune or whatever the greatest latest Everybody join in. I want you to understand something if you don't already. 100% of the time, the lawyers become millionaires, if not multi-multi-millionaires. 100% of the time, your life basically gets on hold for the years that it takes through this litigation. Some of you are suffering through the, the gas company leak. Right? I've had gas company employees that say it's a big scam, it's not true, can't happen. I've had clients that lived in the area that can never go back to their home and, and others that, that have claimed that it has caused uh, family and friends to pass away right, or, or chronic disease. I don't know the end of the story. I just know that always the attorneys win, always. And sometimes you finish second or third or fourth. You have to decide are you are you somebody who's going to pause your life to jump down this injustice rabbit hole and now it consumes you guys know this if you've gone through this mess, it consumes your life for years, not six months for years, so you've got to make a decision are you willing to exchange that part of your life, the healthy part of your life the the uh the good years that you have left, right? The the peace of mind to run around and be a victim and have to tell the story over and over and over again. Relive it over and over again. Be that person. uh, Listen, you can tell I'm not a fan of these ideas. I'm just not. But there are legitimate times when you have to fight. There are. I'm not sure when they are. Each of us have our own lines, right? I just told my wife, anybody who sends those, have you? Did you buy an Apple product? Did you drive this kind of car? Did you drive, did, did you, golly, class action lawsuit. Here, here's the trash can. Right? I think it's just the logic. It's just, uh, my goal with you is always to be transparent, logical. It's always to give you a sense of what I think is right and wrong and also, in the end, it's just to let you know something very clear, which is my point of view, and I think you have to take care of your family first. And if you, if you understand my point of view, if you understand what I'm doing and what I think matters, and you can say, well, listen, I agree with Arif here, but I don't here. That's fine. It's the same, same group who runs around and thinks they're supposed to agree with the president. I love that. Well, did you hear what he said about that? Really? So I have to agree with everything he ever said? I would prefer a president who cheats on his wife, who has visits with Monica Lewinsky, who who, who has uh, blondes in his uh, repertoire of, of conqu concor- but who cares for the country. If you would have told me Bill Clinton cared for the country, fought for the country, uh, 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 cared for America, on and on, and... He was messing around on his wife. Uh, I'm going to listen. I, I don't like that guy. I, wouldn't, I don't want to be his friend, but just fix my country, right? I mean, people were hurting, suffering. Remember, it's the economy, stupid. We were in a big recession when he came along. A lot of that was going on. So those crazy things matter when the country isn't being paid attention to. Franklin Roosevelt had a long-time girlfriend. John F. Kennedy, can I, do I have to say anything else? Marilyn Monroe, anything? I, I don't know what happens with a man in power like that. We've seen women in power do some crazy things, right? Whether it's in power as a, as a school teacher and what she does to her, her ninth graders, tenth graders, we've seen that. This power position for somebody, now magnify it to President of the United States. Right? magnify it to president of a corporation, CEO of a big conglomerate. Those men and women, they, you guys have to protect yourself, not just your surroundings, not physically, of course, Just not just physically, but emotionally, spiritually, you have to protect your heart. You have to protect your mind. I think it's easy to get distracted when you have power. And for some of you, that power that came was when President Trump was elected and the economy was booming and he managed an amazing turnaround in the economy after President Obama messed things up. And you look back and you say, wow, I was, I was doing well financially. And some of you got a bit distracted, didn't you? Because you thought it was about the stuff or about the bank account. So this use this time to to check in with yourself. Use this time to take a step backwards to see if your values are related to the way that you are saving or investing or, or have your retirement account. Look back to see if the values that you have have been built in to your team, your financial team. Others as well. I mean, other parts of your life, I'm handling uh, the financial side, but I'd make sure that, that things are lining up properly. All right, when we come back, I'm going to continue. But let me give you our phone number, 888 retire That's 888-997-3847. It's 888 retire I have your emails at the top of the hour. Two interesting emails again. Thank you for sending them in. Thank you for being a part of it. You make the second half of the show, the second hour, amazing. Stay with me here as we continue on the Total Financial Hour. I'm Arif Halaby. We'll be right back.
1: No Learn from Arif Halaby financial power total financial security will help you live the life you dream learn about financial power the total financial hour now higher income strategies learn from Arab halabi hey welcome back to the
2: show thanks learn for being a part of it i'm aref Hallaby, the total financial hour let me give you the pen uh, get your pen handy let me give you the number triple eight ninety nine retire that's 888 997 3847 all right your uh, your financial life is built about a, uh, around a lot of things and one of those is that goal that that end zone of retirement but it isn't just a physical place right retirement isn't just an age that you get to or physical place that you're going to sit and retire or you're going to move to and retire It's also about the financial component. So I want to go over that with you. Like, how do you know when the time comes where you can retire? Because you spent so much of your life accumulating assets. You spent so much of your life accumulating things. You've got to ask yourself as I'm accumulating stuff, money, shares, gold, real estate, whatever it is that you're Bitcoin, right? Crypto. You're accumulating. How do you know when it's time to spend it? To stop the accumulating side and to begin using the money for what it's designed to do, which is to give you an income, lifetime income, give you security, allow you to buy things, help your family, help your friends, charity, causes. So here's an an important part of it. I I make it akin to this example. I, I think it's pretty keen. This last weekend I was watching football. one of the the guilty pleasures i spent i think at least one year not watching it when they were doing their blm baloney right i mean people are now trying to trying to separate themselves i've heard this um, sidestep for just a second i heard all these uh, uh announcement announcers are going you know black lives matter uh the movement i support the organization why it's corrupt That's because they found all this corrupt stuff, stuff that we've been telling you about from day one, that BLM is a front. It's a socialist communist organization that blackmails corporations. It puts it it steals money from people and they buy fancy houses. Look at Candace Owens. Candace Owens did an amazing uh, documentary on this. You have to watch it. I think it'll change your life. So what are people doing now? They're trying to get ahead of it by saying, "Well, you know, BLM, the organization, oh, that's corrupt." But the but the movement, the idea, the concept, the concept around the idea of I'm like, come on, man, what are you, what are you thinking? Everybody wants to be a part of everything, right? It's why you run around campuses and you see Che Guevara shirts at college campuses. They don't know anything about him being a murderer. They don't know anything about him blowing up places and being a. a, a hitman for hire hired by everybody from the Palestine, uh, Palestinians terrorist groups he was hired by uh, uh, narco terrorists right other guerrilla groups that was Che and, the, and these college students as he, as he blew up children are still wearing his shirt on college campuses and have a poster in their dorm room because everybody wants to feel like ah, I gave it the office I feel good. I have the shirt. Well, in this retirement world, in the football world, to get back to that, I, I watch people run to the end zone and as soon as they cross the white line, the whistle blows, everybody stops. Now they'll do a dance. They'll go through the end zone and the guys will do a dance to their team, the, the folks in the corner, and they'll, they'll high five each other and they're excited they scored a touchdown as they should be. It's kind of fun. But they stopped running. The game is over once they cross that white line. You see, the white line is the number you need to retire. Once you cross it, stop running. You can celebrate in the end zone. You can do a dance. You can go and do, you know, a happy dance, big fun things. You can do all of those things. That's nice. You can do it. But what happens is something, I don't know, pretty important, which is your ability to take a break, to relax, to stop running. You you crossed the line, the marathon running line, right? The finish line. There's no reason to keep running. You can do the dance in the end zone. You can do a little bit more, you know, go through it and have, but it's over. So what I'm saying is stop taking the risk that you took while you were working. Stop accumulating funds at a higher rate. You, you need a certain dollar figure. Well, you have that times two. You have that times three, whatever that number is. So you don't need it anymore, the, the same risk. And a lot of you continue to think that that is the case. You think, well, the answer, the only answer, is to stay in the same market, the same professional who may have done pretty well by you, in fact. But that's their level of expertise. right? Eventually, a young man, eventually a young woman stops going to a pediatrician, don't you? Your pediatrician takes you to 17, 18, maybe 19 years old, and then they shake your hand and they say, good luck, time to move on. So your stockbroker, your financial products that have risk... That's the pediatrician. You want to come to a grown-up doctor? That's us. We say, listen, you've accumulated money. It's time to live differently. You want to steal, still leave money at risk? You can do that. You want to still... Uh, I had somebody in this last week. Arif, I play with in the market. I have a certain you know stock trading account, online account, and I play with $50,000. I buy and sell and... Okay, great. Arif, what can you advice can you give me about that i said do you do you like going up and down with it yeah how do you feel when you make a a, you know good guess when you win he said i feel great how do you feel when you lose well i feel kind of crummy i just don't tell my wife i'm like okay well i'll tell you what you just keep on going because your food shelter clothing travel insurance internet all of the important stuff off to the side well we got that covered we don't need it anymore So that's what I do. I take that chunk of dollars, move it out of the market, move it off to the side. All right. So there's something called a quiet quitting. Well, we're also seeing this quiet retiring where they stay working. You guys are staying working. Surveys have have come up to it. The rising cost of living are why 40% of U.S. workers above the age of 45, they're now delaying retirement. Now, for most people, I don't think 45 is even a number to ask them whether they're going to delay retirement or not. Meaning I can spend the next 15 years. We can fix a problem in 10 or 15 years. If you're, if you're going to retire 10 or 15 years from now and you're in, this, in the depths of today's recession, that's plenty of time for me to make adjustments and to fix it so that you could retire in 10 or 15 years. That's never a problem. If you, if you got hit pretty hard, you may not always like the suggestions, but we can make it happen. Ten or fifteen years, you're done working, so that's why this survey is a little bit funny for me. Only because it's twenty years between age forty-five and age sixty-five, when the normal quote retirement age. But nonetheless, here's where I see it: the number of workers who reported having a positive outlook about their retirement plan is about half, down from two, uh, down from about three quarters last year. Meaning. Last year, three quarters of folks said, oh yeah, you know what? I got it pretty good. Now it's about half. So what are we seeing? Well, it's the inflation, surprise, right? And we're seeing this 60-40 portfolio, right? 60 stocks, 40% bonds. The dirty little secret in our business is you can lose money in the bond market. Oops, surprise. You can lose money in stocks. No. Yeah, but my, my broker said it's a balanced. Oh, balanced. Balanced is good. I like balanced. Balanced portfolio. What the heck does that mean? You lose money in more places? Oh, diversified. That's what that means. Lose money in six places. So I always ask yourself, what's the purpose of the money? If the job of the money, if it's over, if we're no longer putting it at risk, then we don't need the risk. Well, here's what we're seeing with the survey. Ready for this? Pull it up right here. The cost, the rising costs, of course, uh, the market volatility, the rising cost of rent, homes, they're causing people, 59% of the folks, so nearly two out of three almost, are going to push retirement off at least five years. Can you imagine what happens in the next five years? You've pushed off your retirement. You were going to travel. Maybe one of you, maybe this is what we get a lot is the husband will retire, let's say in February and the wife will retire at the end of the year just to get another year's credit or to pass a birthday or whatever it might be. Well, in the middle of that world, one person's on the boat, one's on the dock. They thought it was securely tied together and inflation starts to go. There goes the boat. And so she puts one foot on the dock, one foot on the, on the boat, and says, wait, I'm coming. I just have to let the clock tick. I have to get to age 62. I have to get to age 70. Whatever it might be for her or him. And you have to make a decision. I'm either going to jump and retire early, or I'm going to jump back and let my spouse continue to have a, a good life, a retirement life, while you have to work another two or three or four years. We see that. So let's put a plan together. Let's make sure that whatever we're doing is doing it on purpose. So if you're going to retire and the other person's going to retire and we just need the clock to tick to get another year on your pension, to pass a birthday, whatever it might be, that we're set up pro- properly. Like, okay, it's fine. We get there, it's over. Come heck or high water, let the let the clouds come. It doesn't matter. We've secured that part of what we need. And because of those those folks, the 54% are changing their careers, making changes as well. Here's what's happening. They're staying at work and the last one, two, or three years or longer, they kind of do just enough. They don't want to get fired, but they do just enough. The idea of being creative and proactive and looking for the next thing and being excited and going to their boss and saying, hey, I have an idea that can help you know, the Southern Division. Let's help that. Oh, I got an idea where we can adjust this product and make a difference there. Nope. Nobody cares now. They're just existing. They take their smoke breaks. They come in at 8.01. Clock in. Put your stuff down. You're not walking in any fast manner to the water... uh, What is it? The... uh, water cooler and you're certainly not walking faster with to get your cup of coffee or go to the restroom you're going to say hi to six people and what do you do you come back and it's eight thirty, and now you start working even though quote you said you were working at eight o'clock we see that it's called quiet retiring it's not quiet quitting where you leave your job to go to another job you're waiting you're you're in your 40s 30s or 40 or or 20s whatever it might be No, no no this is just letting the clock tick until you reach age 62 for your the beginning of your social security or 66 and a half or whatever the age might be that you're trying to hold out for you just want to it's kind of running in place well let me tell you what's happening companies like Warner Brothers and Boeing and Disney they are laying people off guys who do you think they're going to lay off the person who's active who's creating business who's creative Or the person that everybody knows, but nobody wants to, quote, hurt your feelings. But let me tell you what happens behind closed doors. They talk about you. They say, you see Susie over there? You see Jimmy over there? They're lazy. You see them? They're just not working. She's called in sick twice this last month. So if we're going to get rid of somebody, here's how much money she makes. We can get rid of her. It's going to be easy and we can hire two people for what we're paying her that are excited and happy to be here who want to promote someday. So I want to caution you if you're going to quiet retire. I want to caution you if you think you're somebody who's just going to kind of run in place for a little while just to let the clock tick because I think eventually you will get caught unless you work for the federal government or the state government. <laughs> then you just kind of run in place in the corner office, always walk down the hall with, pa- with a pad of paper in your hand I learned this during the earthquake in the police department, right? We all came in. It was maximum deployment. And I was walking through the station, going from one place to another to, uh, to get something. Uh, and a sergeant sees me and goes, hey, Hallaby, get over here. Uh, hey, can you take this over to that location? We need this done and this done. Can you do that for us? Sure. Sure, sergeant. You got it. And and that was a four-hour adventure of doing things. Now listen, they paid me the same whether I sat in the corner or did this. I wanted to work because I liked it. I was young. It was some fun. It was exciting. It was a good job. But what I remembered was afterwards an old-timer, speaking about quiet quitting, that that was half of the police department during the post-Rodney King time because they hated being there, always being criticized, always being ridiculed, probably the way it is now where a huge percentage of law enforcement men and women are sad. Right, imagine you can't leave your job, you're too young, and everybody's calling you a racist, and you're sitting there trying to defend yourself and nobody listens and you get spit at and thrown things. Right, who who do you think comes to your house when there's a fire? Fireman. Who do you think comes to your house when you need help? Any other help? Uh, uh the police. So, this old timer tells me, "Hey, Eric, here's what you do. You carry a note in your hand and a pad of paper or a pen and you walk fast." You're going to the restroom, you walk fast. Take it with you. You're going to the locker room, you, lock, you walk fast. You're going to go get lunch, you just walk fast. And son of a gun, if he wasn't right. He just walked right by everybody. Nobody said, hey, it looks like you're not doing anything. Can you help me? All right, there you go. It's wisdom. Wisdom from the old timer. It's like when I worked security, they said, beware of people with orange vests and hard hats and clipboards. I said, what do you mean? He said, that is... What most security guards, when I was 18, 19 years old, what most security guards allow to pass by them are people that have a clipboard, a hard hat, and an orange vest. Walk right by you. Why? Because they always say they're doing something. I'm here for the gas leak, gas leak. Oh, go ahead. So you have to be careful. <laughs> Right, if you're trying to go, if you're working at your job and you're sauntering around like you're your slee stack from, from the 70s and 80s, <laughs> bad, sh- bad horror shows, right? Some of you know who, who I'm talking about. You're walking and you're just, oh, well, Eeyore. Don't be surprised if as these uh, layoffs come, and they're coming and they're coming hard, right? The end of this year, there's going to be massive layoffs all across the board. And next year, it's going to be even more. Because that is what happens in the cyclical inflationary world. So you have to be prepared for it. Pay off your debt. Get a second job right now and use those funds to pay down your credit card debt. Stop buying junk. Pay off your car. Don't pay off your 2% mortgage on your house. No, no. Not your 3.5%. No. That's free money. You have other places to go. You have one of these cash day, $5,000, we can give anybody a loan type of loans, you pay that son of a gun off. When it comes to your retirement account, we have to weigh the difference. Do we start retirement, start an income stream now when you're 60? If you get laid off, what do we do? We have that answer for you. We can build a plan. I had this this last week where I sat with somebody and I said, uh... I know you're concerned. They were worried. They're concerned They had all these little accounts, big accounts, old accounts, we put them all together. We did the math. It took a bit, maybe 40 minutes. And I said, okay, can you live on this much per month? They said, oh my gosh, with our social security and our small little pensions, we can live amazingly well. I said, well, then you're done. You crossed the finish line. You crossed the end zone. And all three of us got up and danced. No, we didn't dance. No. (laughs) (laughs) We didn't do the end zone dance. But I said, "You look, you crossed the finish line. You made it. And they said, well, well, what do we do for the next two years? Because I'm 60 years old. I want to retire at 62. I go, well, you can keep working. And the money that you make now, let's take a risk with that. Dollar cost average. Put that into the market. In your company retirement plan, you just keep adding, 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 adding. So you're buying when it's low. You're buying when it's high. You're buying when it's low. You're buying when it's high. Dollar cost averaging in the market in a retirement account, systematic investing, that's a better way to go. Because you're buying when things are cheap, you're buying when they're expensive. And nobody knows. You can't time the market. You, me, nobody can. Anybody who says that is full of baloney or ignorant. What you do is you, you're you guessing, like everybody guesses. Your stockbroker, me, you, everybody. What it means is, You have to look for the risk type. Do you want to take risk with the money? But remember this, in her particular case, she wanted to work two more years. We said, look, the money that you're putting in every two weeks in your paycheck, let that go to the market. Why? Because we do not need it for retirement. When you reach age 62, and by the way, she could retire today if she wanted, not to the standard of living she was thinking, not to this, uh, a, a much higher standard, but in two years she could. Because we would get two years of growth on our side. We would get two years of growth on her side. We would get the, the option to turn on Social Security at 62 where we can at 60. And so there are pieces to the puzzle that we are experts in solving and putting together for you. And when I say it's math and logic, it's not to demean those and say, "Oh, if you didn't figure it out, then you're not logical. No, it's just that that's what we do. Just like your job, maybe math and logic, but it's to solve different things. Okay, so that's the difference in what we do. You got to keep in mind that the part of the problem that you're solving needs to match the solutions that you're solving. So let me give you our number again. triple eight ninety nine retire That's 888-997-3847. retire And maybe the next two years in her particular case, you can spend it building a hobby, volunteering part-time, trying out things, right? I always call the last two years before retirement, your junior college days. Now they call it community college, community college days, because in community college time, it's still a real college, of course, but it's when you go out and you try things, you, you take a science class. Nope, don't like science. You take a shop class, welding, uh, statistics. You try different things to go, wow, I'm actually pretty good at that. Oh, I didn't know I liked that. Well, the last time I went to school was 40 years ago. I didn't have time to study. I was a single mom, a single dad. I was helping out my parents, whatever the case was. But today from age 60 to 62, your quote, community college days are trying out different hobbies. Maybe you physically actually go to school. Maybe you physically actually start going and taking a language class. Wow. That's what you like to do. You pick up hobbies of gardening, shop These are the things that you spend that, that last couple of years prior to retirement because the, the financial problem we solved, we being her, right? I mean, her and her husband, you guys solved it at age 60. By the time you get to me, My job is to put the pieces together. You're the one that accumulated the pieces. You're the one that sacrificed to bring those pieces to where they are today. My job is the final putting together of that puzzle. So that's my point. I would spend the next couple of years uh, practicing learning you're going to travel because a lot of you don't expect to retire in California for lots of reasons. Your family's not here. The costs are high. You don't like the politics. Taxes are enormous. So for a lot of you, being in California is not going to be something for the long term. So guess what you do the next two years as well? You go and you travel. You, you go to different places. I've shared with you before the MarketWatch website that allows you to, to input the things you like and it tells you what cities and counties and states are the right place for you. Right? If, if that's something you need, you can send me an email at, at arif at tfswealth.com. A-R-I-F at T as in Tom F as in Frank S as in Sam wealth.com It's my police phonetic days we used to have to go through the alph- alphabet so fast and you'd have to stand up say your name phonetically and if you stuttered you'd have to sit down and do it again in a few minutes so that's my it's not the same as the military guys the phonetic alphabet you know it's it's uh Adam, boy, Charles, and and I think the military is Alpha, Bravo, right? So it's different. For whatever reason, we have ours. So think about it like this: Arif, A-R-I-F, at T-F-S, as in Sam Wealth, as in a lot of money dot com. So send me an email. I'll send you the Market Watch link, so you can get in. Uh, get involved I helped develop it a little bit I kind of gave some suggestions we moved some things around it was kind of nice I was one of the contributors to it on a very small level but it was nice because I made it customized for you for what I see every day and ready for this that really matters a lot you can play with it your spouse can play with it you put it in and out decide what you're doing who's doing what and you find the place to retire alright guys stay with me after the break your emails when we come back on the Total Financial Hour, I'm Arif Hallaby. We'll be right back.
1: Total Financial Hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arif Halliby. Learn about financial power. The Total Financial Hour. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arab
2: Halabi. Hey, welcome back to the show. Thanks for staying with me. Second hour of the show is your emails. Place for your news, your talk, your information based on your values, and really important, your questions. So I'm going to put together... a Couple of different emails for you that that we've uh, received over the weekend and over this last week, and I think it matters to you because this is the future. I see this happening as the next two or three or four years uh, is encapsulated in, in a couple of these emails that you guys sent. So I appreciate that. Let me give you our number. It's triple eight ninety nine retire. That's eight 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 nine nine seven three eight four seven. Again, I'm Arif Hallaby, Total Financial Solutions and TFS Financial Insurance Services. We put this program together, and your request brought us the second hour, and I love it. Your uh, ability, if you will, to understand a couple of things when it comes to your financial life can make all the difference. So let's start with this one. This happens to be, oh, uh, well, it's anonymous. She asked that I not put uh, her name, her and her husband. Okay. Dear Arif, I have appreciated your show and the ability to make complicated financial topics simple and easy to understand. I'm a retired engineer from a defense slash aerospace contractor here in Southern California. The project I've been working on for many years is ending soon. It will be about the same time I'm going to retire. I will be 66 years old coming up. Well, my wife has already retired over a year ago, and she has a pension of 2300 a month. All right. So for some of you guys, I want you to take notes on this. I'm pausing for just a second, by the way. Uh, because I want you to take notes on this so you can do the math and I can show you how we come up with the numbers and you can kind of do your own, plug and play and, and decide if it's right for you and, and how we kind of come up with this formula. All right, so her pension is 2300 a month. All right, next, continuing with the email. My pension is nearly 4800 a month. We both receive Social Security and it's about $2,600 each. That tells me a couple of things. They didn't put it in the email, but it tells me a couple of things, meaning if their social security is similar, but her pension is low, she probably has a government pension, school district, county, city, state, something like that. But they also contributed to social security. Some do. Like, uh, for example, the post office contributes to social security and has a pension if you're a postal employee. So there are some organizations that do that. All right. Here's the important part. Their total income is 12300 a month. We never think we're going to need the 690000 we have in combined retirement savings. Even our health insurance will be covered in our retirement years from our employers. All three of our children are in great financial shape and will probably never need any of this money from us. We will each keep the same pension check if the other dies first. All right, so... Let me go over a couple of things. This couple has retired or she's retired and he's going to be retiring soon. They each have a pension. The pension is reliant on the employer. So if the employer continues to put money into the bucket, the pension bucket, if the earnings inside of that account are producing enough, if the new employees are putting money into the pension, then the pensions probably aren't going to go anywhere. We don't have to worry about it. So let me explain. Let me back up and describe to you what a defined benefit plan is. A defined benefit plan is this. When when you are working, there's an arrangement between you and the company. And it says, if you work your career here for 20, 30, 40 years, for every hour that you work, we're going to put money in your your, uh, paycheck. But we're also going to take a piece and put it into this little bucket called the pension fund. And the pension fund makes money three different ways. One is the money that is already there, the interest that is already there, the investments are going to earn interest year over year, they hope. That's the plan. That's the one way. The second way is when you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, and you're putting money into the pension plan every time you work, the employer puts that in on your behalf. But if you quit early, if you leave, if you die in most cases, most if not all that Pension money just stays in the bucket, right? It just stays there and it's there for the next person. So the second way that money is put in is by the employer from your paycheck. So it's basically a part of your money, part of your compensation. Some goes to you, some goes to your health insurance, some goes into the pension fund. Okay. And then the third way, which is the most vulnerable of them all, is the the employer has to true it up, meaning if they say we need a certain amount of money, let's say we need a hundred million dollars this year to pay everybody to balance it, and there isn't a hundred million, then the employer has to write a check for the difference. So if the fund is 95 million, but they need a hundred, the company will write a check and fill in that fill in that bucket. Now that's very common and very likely for cities, pensions, county pensions, state pensions. They have to write a check and put money into the account because the earnings were overestimated. Oh, well, we're going to make 7% a year, 7.5% a year. Not true. They don't make that. They make three and four. So when the fund is not earning enough and the employee is not putting in enough, then the third part of that triangle, the other portion that has to add money to it, it's the employer. So I'm going to count on this couple having their pension be okay. Okay meaning I don't think it's going to... A defense contractor, aerospace contractor, I know uh, which ones have pensions and which ones don't. Pretty confident I know which one he's talking about. We have a lot of clients that work. There are projects. Many of you work for the Boeing, Northrop, uh, Lockheed-type organizations. And then uh, tons of the smaller companies that are feeder companies to those. Raytheon and on and on. As these organizations... You work there. There's a project, often top secret. The U.S. government decided to compartmentalize their top secret projects so no one person knows everything about everything. But what the Chinese and the Russians did is they just put spies everywhere. That's all they did. It's not a secret. It was a dumb idea the way they set it up. It's for a different show. But just know that, okay, this individual knows how to make this part, but they don't know what the rest of the... Uh, system is or what the rest of the or uh, purpose of this part is and on and on. It doesn't matter. But eventually it runs out. We want to make 100 of these or 10,000 of these. And once they do, once the contract runs out, once the, the paycheck from the federal government ends, it's over. Next. So it's often when people will leave, retire or go to another organization, depending on their age. So I'm pretty confident I know which company at least one of two that it is. All right, next. What are you going to do with $12,300 a month? Well, in their particular way, they're happy. It's more than enough that they need to live on. Their expenses are not even $7,000 a month. So that in so they will have a lot left over to put in their savings checking, uh, charity organizations, get involved. So what would I do with the 690000 What's the job of that money? Well, and as I mentioned, there's always a little bit more to the email. I kind of condense it for the purpose of radio. That's $690,000. Now here's what they don't have. They don't have a long-term care plan for medical expenses, which could eat up your retirement savings very quickly. You see, the last thing we want to do is build up a great savings account, have one of the two of you get sick, And then drain the savings account to pay for your care. That's great news. You have wonderful care. You have in-home care. You're getting better. Even even you're healed and you're back on your feet, ready to go. That's the good news. Oh, the bad news is we're broke. The surviving spouse doesn't have any money. Or inflation is eating up so much of it, and we've been spending it on the backside for your care that we didn't grow and we we lost it in in the case of, of expenses. So we want to have a plan B for that. So here's what I like. I like a defined benefit plan. You guys have it. But I want a death benefit where if one of you passes away, we can continue the lifestyle. We can continue to make sure long-term care is cared for because Medicare insurance, you mentioned health insurance. Now, once you hit age 65, you're mandatory on Medicare. Just so you know, that's the way it goes. All right mandatory on Medicare. Now you're mandatory on Medicare, but what about the rest of your health insurance? Well, your health insurance, you guys said, is covered by your employer in your retirement years. Wonderful. But what do they not cover? They don't cover long-term care. You see, in the normal health world, Medicare is now your primary, whatever's left, whatever whatever, uh, co-pays or or non-covered expenses, et cetera. Well, that is paid for by your, primary, your secondary insurance through your employer, the retiree health plan. I think that's the first thing that employers are going to get rid of in retirement. I think that's the, the biggest anchor on the employer pension plan world. I think that's where they're going to first cut bait. They have to. It just isn't money. So, I mean, maybe things will change. But remember, there are three ways that a pension creates wealth. Number one is the workers put money in, but what if the workers are laid off? Number two is the fund has to earn an interest rate. Now, they invest in that pension fund, invest in a lot of different things. Real estate, bonds, stocks. Oh, wait, did you not see the market in the last year? It's down 20 or 30%. So you get a couple of years of that, and it really, really hinders the pension plan, which means I think the only other option for them is to uh, lessen or reduce health insurance. Now, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they found another way to fix it. Maybe they're putting more money in. The company's profits are so great, they can uh, put a greater amount of their share in and, and true, true it up to where it needs to go. I'm okay with that. But here's my concern. What if it isn't? So I always have to plan for the worst and hope for the best. I'm all about that, financially speaking. So I would use this 690000 Each one of you have your own retirement account. So if it's under your social security number, it's your account. You can't have a joint retirement account. You can have my retirement account with my wife as the beneficiary or her retirement account as me as the beneficiary. You just can't have a joint retirement account. Okay, so both of you have a retirement account. We'd put it into an IRA, individual retirement account. We'd we'd transfer it over. We build in long-term care type assistance, critical illness, chronic illness. And we use that as a backup so that if in the future, one of you has a, a qualifying event, you can't do two out of six activities of daily living, then we're there to cover that. But here's a little-known secret, if you will. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's not a secret. It's just a little-known fact. And it's this. When one of you pass away, we're going to lose the lower of the two Social Security checks, which, by the way, is $2,600. So that $2,600 a month is gone because if each of you have 2600 in, in a Social Security check, you'll lose the other one. And then here's the secret. Your income tax rates will nearly double. You see, in 2026, the Trump tax rates sunset, they expire. So we're going to revert, unless Congress acts and the president acts, we're going to revert to the previous Trump tax, the Obama tax land, which were nearly double what they are now. That means that not only are you not filing married filing jointly because one of you passed away, so you're single which is twice the tax rate, just about, and you're going to be at the higher tax rate when we come to the um, uh, 2026. So, how do we make sure that we protect that? Well, that 690,000, whatever we don't use for long-term care, huh, we flip a switch, and it starts to pay you income—another two or three or four thousand dollars a month. So, we've made up what you lost. We've buffered it for the tax world a little bit. And we've protected the long-term care portion. So that you guys are in a blessed position, by the way, 12300 a month. That's not small chump change, right? That's pretty darn good. Especially one of the things you gave us in your debt sheet or debt list. Sometimes you guys include that and I appreciate it. You're basically debt free. You have a car you could pay off at any time, but that's just a few hundred dollars a month. House is paid off. I like that. But here's the difference. Now, I want you to travel, live life, start a hobby. Like I mentioned in the first part of the show, the first hour, I like community college. I want you to go and try different classes. Nobody needs to know in there that you're worth millions of dollars. Nobody needs to know that you're, you know, trying to just take a class to learn world history because that's an interesting subject to you or, or to speak Latin or, or learn ceramics, Whatever and it costs 50 bucks or 500 it's nothing comparatively and i want you to enjoy this part of your life that really matters to me start find a cause start an organization build a nonprofit sit on boards that matter to you go back and mentor young people in your career field and you can do so without any cost cuz you your food shelter clothing your assets come from another place right comes from your your income, from your assets, from your pension. I don't want you to worry on the other side. All right, pretty important stuff. The other thing that I think matters to you guys is you are working on this uh, part of your life. I want you to live long. It's to get back into your health. So many of us in our 40s and 50s forgot about our health, didn't we? We were we were focused on the kids. We're focused on our career. Focused on helping our in-laws or our parents, and you forgot about yourself. So our waistbands got a little tighter. Our cholesterol numbers got a little higher. Our medicine cabinet got a little fuller of, of uh, you know, pharmaceuticals. So maybe just maybe it's time for you to get up, and start thinking about yourself. Right, I, I'm in that bucket with y'all. I think that's a, a something we all have to focus on, myself included, to get back to that, right? We've checked the boxes. Our kids are cared for. Our spouse is cared for. Our, our parents, our in-laws. Very important. All of that seems to be met. So how do we make sure we take care of ourselves? All right. Uh, yeah, I mentioned before the the uh, I-bonds, right? Well, they expired. Friday the 28th. So you can't get them anymore. But if you had a chance to get them, if you thought about getting it, you could have done it and uh, done it with each of your social security numbers, each of your tax ID numbers. So if you had a corporation or an LLC, if you have a rev- an irrevocable life insurance trust, it could have purchased it. An irrevocable trust, period, it could have purchased it. So in other words... Anything that files a tax return, even if the tax return is what's called information only, it has a tax ID number. Now look, the the interest rates are not going to be the 9.62%. They're going to drop to about six and a half, but that's still pretty darn good. If you wanted to add bonds, I-bonds to your portfolio, you could still do it. In November, it's 6.5 or so. It's going to depend on the inflation rates, et cetera, but it's an option for you. Now, if inflation continues to run hot, well, maybe something will change again. And that's only, uh, look, it's $10,000. That's a lot of money, but it's not life-changing money. You're going to earn $900 a year. Does that change your life, $900 a year? If so, I want you to go work part-time somewhere and make 900 bucks so you could change your family's life because it's that easy. A lot of you forget that the wealth part of life is more important, in my opinion, than just making a lot of money, right? In school, your job, your parents, everybody teaches you to make a lot of money. But how many teach you to become wealthy? And uh, and people, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh, uh-huh. same thing. I go, no, it's not the same thing. Making a lot of money. What do you think they tax? Uh, your income. What do they not tax? Your wealth what irritates the socialists the progressives more than anything it's wealthy people why because wealthy people create jobs business owners create jobs have you ever worked for a poor person before have you ever uh, have you ever said oh that guy's on welfare he's created six jobs no i didn't say they're bad people my point is pretty clear we want people to create jobs. The phony thing that's happening right now, and I even see it on Fox News with some of the hosts on the weekends, especially. Oh, we're we're independent hosts. No, you're not. No, you're not. Nobody is. I mean, very few people are. Let's put it that way. Oh, but yeah. Oh, So what do you think about the president now that it's 3.5% unemployment rate? Okay, guys, look around. You tell me you think it's 3.5% unemployment? You think everybody is working? that wants to work? Or do you think this uh, economy, that restaurant that existed that had people working before the pandemic when the government paid people to stay home and now the state of California is going to pay people again the, oh, the gas tax rebate except not for the people that actually paid the gas tax but for the people that might vote for me, right? Is, Is there any difference between this and the Wild West or Bull Connor or the dailies in Chicago where they would walk around and pay people, pay union guys to vote for me, right? Remember that? Vote for me. Here you go. Here's five bucks. Remember Charlie's War? They made a movie out of it. He would go pick up people to vote in his pickup truck in this little county in, I want to say, Texas. Democrat who basically ran the Afghan war to undermine the Russians. Well, that's how he did it, right? He He picked up people and Maybe gave him a turkey, whatever. It doesn't have to be cash money. Newsom is attempting this cash money deal. But some of these folks did it with turkeys. They did it with uh, you know pot roast. Vote for me. It's as old as uh, probably Caesar in the Senate in in Rome. Pay for me. I'll give you this land. Work for me, rather. Vote for me. Make it happen. So I, I think a lot of you have got to think about this. When are you going to stand up? When are you going to fight? Right? You've heard me say you got to get involved. I don't know what that means to you because everybody's got different talents, but I'm going to give you a list of potential get involved things, especially if you're retired, especially if I can say your financial life is over. No longer do you have to work for money. You have built wealth. You have built income. Ah, now, ready for this? Now what I want you to do. I want you to build wealth and income, but now I want you to make a difference. That's the trick. All right, so how do we do that? Very simple. We do that by making a difference, but also by creating a list. You're going to write this down. What matters to you in a perfect world? I have three questions. These three questions make all the difference. All right, when you come into my office and you're in this dilemma, you got one foot in retirement, one in ready to to stay at work and you're not sure what to do I'm going to say here's my three questions question number one what would you do with ten million dollars what would you do with ten million dollars and I want you to write an essay out of it you know you can do a bullet point list a laundry list doesn't matter I do want it to be fairly comprehensive and thought out not this off the cuff think about it you have ten million dollars what do you do with it number two question I want you to describe your perfect day. Describe your perfect day. You write it down. What does it look like? I wake up at this time in the morning and you go, if you will, minute by minute, step by step. Who are you with? What are you doing? Where are you eating? What are you eating? Hobbies, interests, whatever it might be. All right. Describe your perfect day. All right, question number three. Very important because it works like this. How would you like to be remembered? How would you like to be remembered? That is our destination because nobody knows for the most part when we're going to pass away. Even those with terminal cancer, you guys. I had a gentleman come into my office at one point. He says, yeah, I have terminal cancer. I'm like, oh my gosh, how long do you have living? I don't know. It's been seven years already. And they say, I have terminal cancer. He ultimately did pass away, uh, I think, three years later. But he had 10 years facing his mortality. I want you guys to all know we're all going to pass away. You all should be facing your mortality. Don't be obsessed with it. But understand, eventually, people will be remembering you. So how would you like to be remembered? That's our destination. How would you like to be remembered? Allows me to make sure that your values and your actions. Okay, your checkbook, the $10 million, your date book, your perfect day, lines up with your values, which is how you'd like to be remembered. All right, those three questions, I think that will help you kind of flush out when you want to retire. What does that look like? Where are you going to go? We, are, we may be at that point for you. This could be a big deal to change your life. I'm Eric Hallaby. Stay with me. 888-99-RETIRE 888-99-RETIRE Another one of your emails coming up next on your place for news, talk, and information 997-3847 Arav Halaby on AM 870 The Answer Stay with me We'll be right back Now higher
1: income strategies Learn from Arav Halaby Learn about financial power The total financial hour Now has a plan for me, higher income strategy. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now, higher income strategy, learn from Araf Halabi.
2: Hey, welcome back. Thanks for staying with me, Eric Hallaby, the Total Financial Hour, your place for news, talk and information. Our second hour of the show, your emails. You want to send me one? You have a question? We can cover it either on the air or privately. Sometimes I just deal with you directly, except if I see patterns of behavior, right? If it, over the last couple of weeks, I'm going, huh, this person sent an email in and, and I'm hyper aware of it. It's like when you buy, buy a, a new car, you start the same car, right? So, you send me an email and a concern. I go, Oh, isn't it interesting? I've now encountered three more people with that. So, it must be something that is common. I don't want to miss it. Let's cover it on the air. And that's what we do. In your case, here's how you get a hold of me Arif, A R I F, at tfswealth.com. That's Arif at tfswealth.com. All right. Very important, guys. Let's think about this in a second. You have the option as we go forward to put money aside save it without itemizing again the Trump tax bill made this a lot better you can hate him you can be mad at him for his tweets whatever I care about what he did right God has to judge his heart that's not my job so many of you think your job is to judge people's heart and judge them and judge 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 and then you wonder why don't I have any friends why do everybody think my religion you know is about judging I'm not that way except judge 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 I would judge your behavior. I tell my kids, right when they were little, they said, "Oh, Dad, you don't want to judge somebody." I go, "Of course you do. You have to judge their behavior." Right? It's two o'clock in the morning. You've heard me say this. I'm going to say it again because some of you weren't listening. It's two o'clock in the morning, and you're on a dark street. You see the gas station, one hundred yards up the street, and you have to get new gas. You have to get gas for your car. You have the gas can, you're walking down the street, and on one side of the street are three male blacks, wearing suits and ties and carrying briefcases. On the other side of the street are three male whites, with hoodies and their pants at their ankles, and a chain from their belt, hooking around to their front pocket. One of them might even be carrying a baseball bat, looks, I don't know, it's a stick, it's something, it's scary. And they have their hats on backwards, whatever it is in your mind that you would go, ooh, that's a hoodlum. Are you judging those people, you you, you judge or you? Of course you are. What side of the street are you going to walk on? Even a racist pig is probably going to still walk on the side of the street with the the men with the uh, suits. You see, that's the problem with the left. The left has come in, and the Democrats of days of old, the migrants, the Hispanics, are no longer voting for Democrats. Why? Because they're middle class. So they have to let in this whole new Fresh breed of, of folks that have zero association to the United States. So, since all of the Telemundo and the universal, whatever, uh, Hispanic radio and TV stations are being taken over by George Soros, they're going to preach you're a victim, preach you're oppressed. They're going to continue this in, in Hispanic, Spanish language. They're going to push and push so that people feel like they're nothing except a victim so that they can now redo their base. It's why they've done it. They did it because the Hispanics, the hardworking Hispanics, which, by the way, has a foundation, have a foundation of Catholicism, right? which is pro-life, which is pro-hard work, which is pro-God, even if the Pope is a socialist. It's not me, it's his words. Well, you, you still have to look and say, why are we losing the middle class? Well, we're losing the middle class, says the Democrats, but the Republicans are gaining the middle class. Pretty important. All right. So here's the process for you. The Trump tax bill came along and said, as a married couple in 2023, because it's been going up every year, it was set in, in stone. It was already set in law to go up. So in 2023, your standard deduction as a married couple means you can earn $27,700 $27,700 before you have to pay any tax. $27,700. I like that number. So if you add 27 seven, you're going to end up with a pretty good number. Right? That means Social Security and other dollars. You could end up Not even having to file an income tax return, depending on your tax bracket. You could end up not owing any income tax, depending on your tax bracket. And it's changed. All right. So these are important things to know. And yes, you're going to judge politicians. You're going to judge your neighbor. You're going to judge their behavior, not their soul, not their heart. You guys do it anyway. You just try to be self-righteous. Oh, I don't like Susie. Why? Well, because she gossips too much. All right, you judged it. I don't like Jimmy. Why? Because he talks about his wife in a negative way, and I'm not interested in being around people like that. Or he drinks too much. Right? You judge people. So I need you to think about this. There are people, everybody, you, me, we all have our own issues. We all have our own concerns. Right, we all have sadness in our life and, and concerns about, and we have fears, right, and hopes, and then a little secret dream in our life that if only we we could have been whatever—a football player, a ballerina. A lot of you guys have all sorts of, uh, and ladies, dreams of things that you wanted to be, could have been. Retirement could be the time to go back and revisit it. Right, maybe being getting back in shape, maybe getting somebody who. Who starts to pay attention to things differently? Why Because your food shelter clothing has been covered and you cared for your family and you were honorable and you worked hard and you raised and, and cared for your uh, your children. So maybe that's the time for you. All right, here's my uh, second email of the hour. Dear Erv, my wife is still going to work and I'm going to retire, but I'm going to retire next year. This is our the second marriage for each of us. I'm 72 and she is 56 years old. I know there is a discount when it comes to me taking out my required minimum distribution. It's called the RMD. All right, here's what the required minimum distribution is. I'm going to pause on my email for a second. The required minimum distribution used to be age 70 and a half. Again, the Trump tax bill changed it to 72. It's called the SECURE Act. There's some other other acts that were part of it, but that's basically it. At age 72, if you turn 72 anytime during the year, they go back to the previous December 31st balance. So what was the balance in your retirement accounts? Traditional retirement accounts, okay? Not your Roth. Roth IRAs and Roth 401ks do not have an RMD. They're not subject to any RMD. They're not. So you can have a Roth IRA or a Roth 401k and you're not subject to pull any money out of it. But the traditional IRA or the traditional 401k where you receive the tax break today, so think of it like this. You go to work, you earn 50000 a year. You put $10,000 in your traditional 401k at work, well, today you only pay taxes on 40000 That 10000 grows, tax-deferred, interest hopefully is added, years and of uh of growth, interest on interest, compounding, and then now you're 72. So you have to begin to pull out a little bit each and every year. It's 3.65%. It's about that, right, for the first year. And then it goes up. Slowly the percentage increases over time. But you might say, but I don't need the money. Well, it doesn't matter. The government says tough cookies, you still have to take it out. All right, but what if, you and your spouse's age is more than 10 years. In this case, it's, it's uh, four or five, six, 16 years apart. We're seeing that a lot, especially in second marriages, where she is a lot younger than him, more than the 10, 12, 15 years. All right, I have a, a couple family members where that's the case. So when it comes to the required minimum distribution, they give you a discount. I'll cover that in just a second. Let's get back to the email. Dear, if I know there is a discount when, I, when it comes to me pulling out my required minimum distribution that I have to withdraw from my retirement accounts, each of our children have grown, but I am concerned about the likelihood of me passing away first. How do I secure her future if I pass away first? How do I make sure we didn't liquidate and spend all of the retirement money before she's ready to retire if I pass away first? All right. Signed, Lyle and Karen. Nice people. I'm sure you guys, that's great. It's lovely that you're thinking about her, right? I think that's a value that men have that we forget. That, uh, you know, I had this conversation with my wife recently. She had a birthday recently, and uh, we've been married 31 years, coming up on 32, 31 and a half, I guess. And I said to her, You know, I said, my, Remember when we were young? We, we kind of reminisce every once in a while. Remember we were young, and, you know, we were both broke, and I was living in my parents' garage, and you were renting a room, and we each had, you know, our, our twin bed and our dresser was basically all we owned. Furniture wise to our name, I had a hand-me-down twin bed and I had a drafting board that was my desk because I really enjoyed drafting at at one point in my life, but that became kind of my desk in my, in my bedroom, my slash garage. And I look back and I say, wow, look how far we've come. Look at what we've built together. And of course we built it together. But here's the part. I said, you know, honey, my job was to take care of you. And she says, oh, very humbly, oh, yes, sweetie, we, were, we we have to take care of each other. I said, yeah, 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 you took care of me, I took care of you. But you realize what I did and do, how hard I worked, when I worked when I was injured, right, and, and I wasn't feeling well and I was crawling around the house, but I would still get up and do things. The reason was because I, I, I had you guys to take care of. I had that priority in my life that I wasn't going to sit around and wait for somebody else to care for us as a family. It was my job. So I want you to know that because in your particular life, guys, it, it never ends. It's not as if, and I'm done taking care of you. Well, no. I mean, if somebody passes, of course. But we still take care of each other back and forth. Some days I was injured and she would care for me. Some days she was injured, right? We You take care of each other. It's never equal, never 50-50. It's always going to be one of us needs a bit more help this week or this year. All right. So in this particular case with Lyle and Karen, they have a couple of things going for them that they need to pay attention to. One is she is under the age of 59 and a half. And number two is he is older than 72. He's 72, which means he has that required minimum distribution. All right. If you are still working Lyle, Lyle, There is no required minimum distribution on your employer plan. So if you work for a school district, hospital, or research facility, you have a plan called a 403B. That's all all it means is where it's found in the IRS code. You go to 403 subsection B, eh, eh, eh. you work for a nonprofit, hospital, research facility, school district. You can put money into a retirement account, not pay the taxes today, but pay the taxes later. So Lyle, if you're still working or working part-time and you're still employed by that employer, if it's a for-profit employer, then it's called a 401k. If it's a city or a county or a state organization, like a, a, a Caltrans or DMV or something like that, and you are 72, 73, 74, you'll have something called a deferred compensation plan. Horizons, if you work for the county. 457. They're all the same and it means this. You put money into the account. You work for the Department of Motor Vehicles or 457 plan uh, put money in. There is no required minimum distribution if you are still working for that company or that organization that holds it. As long as you don't own more than 5% of the company. Right? In my case, my wife and I own our company. Okay, well, we can't do that. But if you own more than 5%, well, that's the way it goes. If not, you get to leave it and leave it and leave it. (laughs) Now, I don't want you to think about this as, well, what if I I need the money? What if I need the funds? Okay, well, then you just have to wait, right? Still work, work part-time. You can pull money out when you want to because you're past age 59 and a half. Take money out, spend it but you're not required to now that allows me as the financial professional to kind of manage or balance this and say, okay, how do we make sure you're not taking out too much or too, too little. Okay. Now let's say that Lyle, you go, it doesn't matter. I'm going to retire anyway. I'm done. Okay. When you take money that required minimum distribution, the goal from the government standpoint is to liquidate it in a fashion so that they get their taxes. However, if you're past that age if you're if you're beyond the age uh, a ten year age gap, then instead of in in this example forty eight hundred dollars a year is what he's required to take out, it drops to forty one hundred dollars a year so it's about a twenty percent savings right twenty to twenty five depending on Uh, On the number, but it's around 20% savings. That means we are not forced to liquidate the account as fast. So here's the strategy. Let's say you don't need the money. Your goal, Lyle, is to leave it for her, but the government is still forcing you to take it out. Well, if she is still employed and you are forced to take out that $4,100, you take it out. We have to do it. It's what the law is. We take it out. But guess what she does to her retirement account at work? She increases it. Yep, you guessed it, $4,100. So it comes in the front door. It's taxable. Up, She puts it into her retirement account. It's now tax deductible. One step forward, one step back. We satisfy the government's rules, which is you have to withdraw it, and we get it over into her retirement account because your goal is to give it to her anyway someday. So maybe she keeps working part-time. Maybe he keeps working part-time, just enough to stay on the company's 401k plan. You don't even have to add to it. Lyle, you can stop putting money in. Just keep it open. Stay employed, not a terminated or a former employee. And you are not forced to withdraw money from that account. I love that part. It's something that people forget. Now, here's the other part you had mentioned. How do I secure her future if you pass away first? All right. So here's what I would do. I want you to look at before you leave, you got to give us a call because I don't want you to leave there until you find out what your life insurance policies are that you have there. Because sometimes they give you them. They're free or they're very discounted, but there was no medical required. You're just part of a big group plan. And that big group plan generally comes with a discount because they insure the very healthy and the very not healthy, the young and the old, Eh, middle or whatever. They insure everybody so they can dilute the risk that you have and kind of minimize it. So if you have one at work before you leave, let's see if you can convert it, transfer it, put it in your personal name, So that if you pass away, Karen receives that money, right? That's kind of nice. We're allowed to convert it over into your name. You still don't need the required minimum distribution. Maybe we use that to pay for this life insurance policy forever, right? So it comes in the front door. Yes, you have to pay taxes on it, but we get to use it to buy a life insurance plan until Karen's financially stable, until you guys are at whatever level you you want to be comfortable with. So we're buying ourselves, what, five, 10 years, whatever it might take, so that no matter what, she's cared for. If there's a long-term care need, we want to check to see if if, uh, that can be satisfied. Because we have life insurance policies today, guys, that are hybrid plans. That means you could use it for long-term care. You could use it for income. And if you pass away and and you don't use it, of course, then it goes to your beneficiaries and they get to use it. So it's not that old life insurance plan which says use it or lose it, right? Car insurance, if you don't crash your car next year, you don't get anything back. It's over. Well, that's what a term insurance plan is for. We want that. We like that. It might be too expensive for you, Lyle, to get that on your own, right? Because you're past the age of 70. It generally goes up quite a bit then. But maybe not. We'd explore it. I'd look to see. We could look into it. And if we can't do it, then we want to port over. It's called porting over or converting over the work life insurance plan into your name. We use the leverage of your required minimum distribution. The money comes in. It buys the life insurance policy. So $4,000, let's say it buys, oh, I don't know, something like 200, 250 probably forever. And we use that. All right, so what do I want you to remember out of this, guys? All of you, you got to pay attention to this part. I want you to leave real estate and life insurance and non-retirement account stock market accounts, right? Non-retirement stock market accounts. So uh, you sold a house, you have $100,000, you put that in your stock bond mutual fund I want you to leave that Roth, Roth IRAs okay. I want you to leave that and Roth IRAs life insurance real estate I want you to leave that to your children your heirs your spouse by doing that it's tax free right if you have a life insurance policy and you need the money for long term care tax free you have a life insurance policy and you want to Uh, and you pass away and you want to leave it to your heirs tax-free. You each have children. Maybe your goal is to leave some of your retirement accounts to your children. I don't want that to happen. I want that retirement accounts to go to the spouse. And then I want you guys to spend it, live. But heir, if we want to leave stuff to our kids, real estate, life insurance, Roth IRAs, Roth 401ks, same thing. And non-retirement stock market accounts. All right. That really makes a difference because then you and your spouse can live on your money. And Lyle, just like our motto is to care for our spouse, right? Take care of her. And I'm sure she can take care of herself just like, but, but that's what we do, right? That's what a good man does. A good man cares for his family. A good man cares for his wife and a good wife. Cares for her husband and a good wife cares for her family. All right, a lot of these guys that abdicate their responsibility, right? Oh, I I was watching a a video, like a how to video the other day, and, and it was fascinating. I loved it. It was a conversion van kind of thing, and it's always interesting to me how these people get creative. And the only word he used through the whole thing, and then when my partner and my partner, when my partner and I travel, when my partner and I and I thought, oh, okay, that's that's on purpose. That's, but you, you don't use the word girlfriend or boyfriend or or spouse, you know, husband wife. You don't use those words anymore. Everything is partner. That's the new woke conversation. I think that goes back to symbolism over substance, right? You can call something something different. You know that, right? If you feel like uh, I want to call my wife a different name right or, or I'm going to call my spouse something different it's still your spouse it's still your partner it's still your wife but how many people still think that the answer is to play this woke game the symbolism over substance because just because you treat something different doesn't make it different right kids with pets right kids treat pets like a toy Adults, you guys treat pets like children. It doesn't matter how we treat it. It's still a dog. I love my dog, but it's still a dog. Referring to kids with pets, they think dogs are toys. (laughs) Adults think dogs are children. Have you been on a plane or, or a grocery store or a restaurant and you see how some of these adults treat this dog better than a child? So I get it. You have your partner but uh, I just want you men to, to stand up, fight for the care for your spouse. And Lyle, Karen, I appreciate everything you guys have done. You do have a little bit of a unique scenario where your, your age difference, but it's pretty common now. I mean, I'm seeing it more and more. I'm seeing it probably two or three times a month now. I might have right around 100 appointments, 100 contacts in a month, probably two or 3% of it. We have a, a substantial age bracket. Not your traditional one, two, three, four, five years, but, you know, pretty substantial. So here's how we do it, right? I laid it out for you. Give me a call, triple eight ninety nine retire If you have any questions, guys, you want to send an email, arif at tfswealth.com, A-R-I-F at tfswealth.com. I'm here for you every week at this time, talking about your family's finances, getting out of debt, managing money. This is AM870, The Answer. And you've been listening to Arif Hallaby, that's me, on your Total Financial Hour. Thanks for being part of the show. Have a great rest of the week. Now,
1: higher income strategy. Learn from Arif Halaby. Learn about financial power, the Total Financial Hour. Now, Arif has a
0: plan for.